and this is CS Niles with the first inaugural podcast of Secure the Bag series. This one is entitled Receipts. Now, um, that term has gained popularity a lot recently, but how I use the term is similar to how they framed it in the movie Snowden. So, JGL, actor, great actor by the way, plays Snowden and at the beginning of the movie it was a really cool scene where he introduces himself to all the journalists that he'll be working with. Okay, the journalist comes in, he doesn't know what's going on, he just knows this kid has all of these very great minds in the room, people are filming, and he, his first introduction to this character version of Snowden is Snowden proceeds to drop receipts. So he drops all his government security clearance badges and, you know, talks about his access before he even talks about why they are there. And he does it for two reasons, to establish that one, you're going to want to listen to what I have to say, and two, I am worthy enough to say it. (laughs) I am the top of the top. If I don't say it, no one else can. I've seen it all, I've done it all. Here's my advice, sit down, listen, and don't question it because this is my world. I'm just inviting you in. So that's what I mean by receipts. This episode is very different than all the other episodes after this because it's gonna be me just going over briefly what I've done. And I think that's important for two reasons. If I'm giving you advice, you want to know that I've applied this in my life. I've learned this from life experience and not just books I've read. And I'm also capable of making decisions in the real world. So this is Receipts. Hope you like it. So I just finished the series um, Maniac on Netflix. And you might hear a lot of 70s sounds up in here because I was really feeling the style and cinematography in that series. All right, so let's start with the beginning. The first job where I actually received a text, no, a check that had government taxes removed from it. (laughs) So um, all throughout my life, I've raised children. Um, Growing up in the hood, that's just something you did if you were responsible. You babysit it. You babysit it and watch people's kids, whether or not you wanted to do it. And I did that all the way up until I could legally actually help a job at 14. At 14, I received my first paycheck for my job, which was Servants of the Word Youth Outreach Center. It was a summer day camp serving underprivileged children on the west side of Chicago. And to prepare for this summer camp advisor position, we were taken to Michigan where we were placed in the woods for two weeks and learned survival and I guess just overall camping skills. We hiked over 30 miles, we canoed over five lakes, we whittled our own spoons, cooked our meals out in the outdoors and used the restroom outdoors. Um, It had a backpack with everything we, utility bag. Um, We checked for ticks every morning, it was very extreme. I lost about 30 pounds and at 14 I was ecstatic about that but My family was scared when I got back. (laughs) Um, Needless to say, all of that extreme backpacking actually helped us for our job to remain calm, to realize we can tackle any situation and tantrum and disaster. It was great. Um, So that was my first job and I'm very grateful for it. After that, throughout high school and grade school, I worked, no, just high school, I worked uh, retail. So I did uh, Halloween stores, one hour photo, which was way too much information for a 16 year old cashiering for big box stores fun jobs really fun jobs like first time I learned about hazmat and you know toxic waste removal and things like that anywho high school was retail 
and then we go to college. Now, I'm going to skip over a lot of different accomplishments just because if I talked about the school years, I went to 14 schools, five of which were high schools, um, and then college and a trade school. So uh, it was a lot of accomplishments. I've been valedictorian, top honor student, president of French club, first African-American, first female on the engineering robotics team in high school in Texas, first black female officer in JROTC in Palo Duro High School in Texas. I've toured bases all over the world. I've been a Navy, Marine, and Air Force JROTCs, and I've lived in, what, five or six states? Um, so yeah, I, I'm not going to talk about those years. I'm just going to talk about the regular nine to five. So through college, I had office jobs like everybody else. Um, pizza jobs, sous chef in a, sous chef in a cafe. I was worked in osteopathic equipment supply store. I worked in sales for them. I worked a couple of contract jobs too for summer, like summer RA programs, um, interior design program for the school, which was really fun and just cool things like that. So that's college. Now, the important thing to know about my careers after college is I was all over the place. My background around the country just made me curious naturally. And I never wanted the traditional nine to five. I always knew that. So I explore professions that are rarely talked about. So I went into retail, naturally. That's what you do when you just want to work. And retail was eye-opening. Learned how to sell credit cards and clothes and upsell and all those fun things. Um, I dropped out of school three months before graduation to put my family back together. They were extremely in an extremely toxic situation. Suicide, health, uh, abuse, a lot of things going on. So it took me two years to put them back together. In that time, I went to cosmetology school because that's how I was going to pay my way to go back to university to finish. Um, and then I got a job as a third-party logistics supervisor or team lead, if you want to be technical. I wasn't salaried, so it wasn't a true supervisor role. In that one, I had some nice security clearances, worked with some plane parts for Learjet's uh, California, a Canadian company, French-Canadian company that produced Learjet's. We shipped and verified the safety of the parts in a warehouse located near the airport in Illinois. So I did that, um, but I was also very large because in college, I gained a 120 pounds. So my heaviest, I think I was like 360, but I don't have any proof. I wasn't on scales at that time, but I did lose weight. And when I got picked for Extreme Weight Loss, the TV reality show, I weighed about 330. So um, lost half my body weight. Oh, left the logistics job, went, did a reality TV for two years. Also went back and graduated and got my degree. Um, and reality TV was fun because I met so many influential people. I met Kim Kimball where I tried to get a job from her and she might have told me I did have one, but I was all over the place. Worked in fashion, Christophe Guillaume, 2012 lookbook in Paris. I helped him with that. I um, met a lot of different just charitable organizations, business owners. I don't know. Reality TV just brings everybody out of the woodworks. After it, though, everybody thought I was going to go straight into entertainment, but that wasn't what my degree was in. My degree is in business. So I actually spent uh, a couple of months, half a year, doing a contract, temp contract for a food manufacturing company. Um, I was a green, Six Sigma green belt at the time, and I was looking at project management as a profession after business school. And I worked as an assistant new hire training coordinator 
uh, producing videos of realistic job previews and uh, yeah anywho after that contract I moved cross-country and did the weirdest thing ever I became a live-in nanny au pair if you have it where I did training food um, development activities field trips with the three children that I nannied um, that family I grew very close to that family they had my own wing in the house and everything and they were very respectful of my life outside of the job but it was eye-opening to live with a family that's already established it's helped me learn what a healthy family looks like and how they manage their life and their businesses they were both business owners so um, while I was doing that I moonlined in a luxury real estate office and uh, just learned as much as I could about that world the wealthy industry in Scottsdale and after both of those, I got the opportunity to actually also do retail management for a beauty company, a luxury beauty company. I did that because oh, I didn't know anything about beauty and I learned a lot from them. <laughs> they were the best. And um, I actually finished their campaign before I finished my contract. I um, helped teach the South Phoenix area how to contour under her skin tones. That was pretty cool. Um, they didn't have any experts and I was in the area so and my makeup was on point so they had me teach it <laughs> so that those are some fun years um, after that contract was done I then moved to consulting where I opened an image and marketing firm and for tax purposes that was a hobby <laughs> I had a cute little office in Scottsdale Arizona that I designed and uh, I helped uh, executives return to the workforce either after having children or taking time off to help their husband's businesses either way they wanted to go back into the workforce and they wanted to do it trendy so we did closet audits and I did personal shopping revamping resumes uh, coaching on talking about gaps in employment and uh, equitable way it was good it was fun um, and then after no during that is when I found my other new adventure which was my husband um, we had met each other in Arizona two nerds in the desert trolling dating sites we started with an argument and it led to us actually exchanging phone numbers and uh first dates and phone calls and we fell in love so um that was arizona the reason i bring up my husband is um well my boyfriend at the time was because we were both over arizona we'd both moved there looking west for adventure but also you know sensible not quite la like the suburbs of California <laughs> and you know Vegas trips and things like we had fun but we wanted a more serious career um, I had already just started in banking as an international banker overnights so when most people are sleeping I'm talking to people uh, across the globe US citizens mostly military and uh, business owners who were, were doing business overseas so I helped them with their banking at that time open credit cards and home equity lines of credit everything regular bankers did but I just did it over the phone because I wasn't there in their time zone so I was already in banking my husband at the time was an industrial engineer and he wanted to change professions he always wanted to be in banking so we both moved to the banking Mecca which is Charlotte North Carolina <laughs> and I worked for one bank he worked for the other just so we wouldn't be working together and I actually then jumped over to his corporation and became a wealth manager or a financial advisor, if that's what you call them in your area. Um, the cool thing about that job was I learned, I really learned sales, like as a sales banker or, you know, selling credit cards and things like that, or as in retail selling beauty, no one knows sales like investment managers because they're selling by the millions. They're 
taking everything you save for and selling you a new deal. <laughs> so they know sales. And I, I tell people it's the best education I got paid to, to learn. Um, the problem was, even though my clients had to have a minimum of $250,000 to even talk to me, on average, they had a million. I could not help anyone I actually knew. They didn't have enough money to talk to me professionally. And so I would give advice on the side and really try to guide people, but they weren't my client. And I was doing good, my husband is doing well, and financially we were set, we were good. We were planning our destination wedding and just having a great time. And then my dad died. And what's important about that flat fact is, uh, my dad and I weren't even close. We hadn't talked in a few years. and. We were a little distant, you know, but I always thought I had more time because he was a teen father. He was only 17 years older than me. And so I was very, I was very woken up by that situation. One, because he died of some suspicious hospital complication from an accident he had. And he was a former athlete. So I just didn't know why in his 40s he was gone. And he didn't have insurance. I had to help pay for some things. It was just crazy that all this climbing and moving up in the ranks and literally at the top job there is in my field. And my own father knew nothing. He, I sold millions in insurance and he had none, no basic life insurance. And it made me stop and reflect on and ask very simple questions. Did I love what I do? Did. <laughs> and did it make me feel good? And the answer was no to all of those. So I retired, sold my practice, left. The business and I retired. I moved to Florida because that's what retirees do. And my husband, he just made his team remote <laughs> and moved with me. Um, like I said, we were very established in the financial world. But what I did in retirement um, was what other retirees do find something warm, look for some property, and play poker. I actually became a contracted poker player for a California company in Florida and I made them millions in my short contract and it was fun but it was a gross gap in what they made and what I made so that couldn't continue for sure um, after poker wrote a book choose your own adventure novel that I'm trying to get patented the way that I disseminate that information um, just a upgraded modern version of choose your own adventures and when that's done I will give that to the world <laughs> Um, and what else did I do? Well, I guess that's why I did this podcast because the moral of the story is I just gave you kind of a brief overview of my professions, my industry, what I've accomplished. I didn't talk about any of the organizations, sororities, fundraisers, philanthropies that I've been a part of or any of the connections, influential people that I've learned and mentored from. No, I just let you know what I literally got paid to do, not, well, not what I did for fun. Ignore the marathons and the fashion designers that I've helped and all of the fun things, the, the serious things, the things we do day in and day out. If you heard of someone with that resume, if you read that resume on a random profile, this is the question I have for you. Would you listen to their advice? Would you listen to what they recommend you do, where you start to better your finances, your financial future, your family life? Would they be someone you find helpful? I mean, when I grew up, we had Oprah, we had, you know, Sally, Jesse, Raphael, and all of these people just taking their life out to point out things that might better the society. And I want to do that. 
but in a more modern way. I want to live my life, but also give advice. So that's when I came up with the podcast. And basically, there you have it. These are my receipts. This is what I've done. This is what I brought to the table. And this is what I want to teach and disseminate information on, particularly finances, because I know that's where everybody is pinched the hardest. So if you would like to hear how you can live a life you don't have to vacation from, if you want to learn how to hack the nine to five system, if you want to know how that promotion will work in your benefit, how to start a business, how to better your credit and available credit you have, how to use the points system on the credit card to benefit you, how to finesse the system within the legal limits of the law then you will like my next episode and the ones to come because all I want to do is help people be better. My life is good. I'm very happy. I enjoy everything that I'm doing right now. And I want others to feel that same amount of joy in whatever they choose to do. My name is C.S. Niles and this is Secure the Bag. Tune in next week where I talk about credit, not your credit score, but actual credit, credit limits, why you want to increase it and have as much available to you as possible. Tune in then and we'll see. Take care.